Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to the Talking Friendship with Mike D podcast. I'm your host, Mike D. Before we get into the episode, we're going to do a kind of pre-intro to the intro. This is the College Football Preview Pod. This is the third year we've done this episode. It is one of my by far favorite traditions about the end of summer, fall. And I get to do it with two of my absolute favorite friends and people and Tim Horvath and Chad Massey. So you're going to hear that episode and it is as glorious as the last two versions of this in 2021 and 2022. Before we get into it, I do want to say you're going to hear uh, Chad. He's going to talk a lot about his mom, Diana, and talk a lot about her her impact on him as a Michigan fan and just how amazing of a woman she was. The reason for that is Diana was uh, not doing well when this episode was recorded and unfortunately passed away shortly after we finished the episode. Uh, Chad very much viewed this episode as a small tribute to his mom's Michigan fandom. And uh, I feel very lucky to have had Chad on to talk about Diana and honor her a bit in this episode of a podcast about college football and friendship that is really just something we do for fun something we do to capture these memories and uh to to have chad share what he shared is really special to me and i hope all of you enjoyed as well so without further ado here's the intro to the full episode Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to the Talking Friendship with Mike D podcast. I'm your host, Mike D, season four, episode three, the college football preview pod. That's right. It's an annual tradition of fall and it's back. Joining me in a bit are your two favorite prognosticators next to me, equal to me. All three of us are equal as far as prognostication goes when it comes to college football. Tim Horvath, Chad Massey, you know him. You love them. If you listen to either of the previous two seasons, the 2022, the 2021 college football preview pod, you know you're going to get objective analysis, statistical reasoning, no emotion, pure objectivity in this college football preview podcast that will kick off here in a bit. But before we get to that, two ways to interact with the podcast. One, you can follow us on X, not Twitter, X, at Friends of Mike D at Friends of Mike D, all one word, all lowercase. Hit us up with a DM. Give us a follow. Email the podcast, traditional eames, at talkingfriendship at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingfriendship at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase. We would love to hear from you. And again, when I say we, I mean both me and the trusty podcast staff who are human beings that do this for a living, live with me during the season, Come up with ideas, keep me in check, and overall just help me put this podcast together. Please also subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also rate and review the podcast. I'd appreciate it, 
and the podcast staff would appreciate it. So before we get into this college football preview, a correction from season four, episode two, part two. So this was a two-parter. If you haven't listened to it, it was one of my all-time favorite episodes, myself and three of my dearest friends, fellow podcast guests, Todd Pretty, Tim Horvath, Kyle Yurick, the four of us broke down our favorite Detroit pro sports athletes from our youth in the 80s and 90s. It was such a long and involved and emotional conversation. We had to break it up into two parts. Part two got some feedback from a listener, Scott. You know who you are, Scott. I know you're a fan of the pod, and the pod is a fan of yours. Uh, Scott responded. I'm just going to read Scott's email here because it, it was just so lovely to receive. This is from Scott. The crew spent the 20, first 20 minutes of the podcast almost, almost exclusively talking about soccer, but then you made no mention of the Detroit Rockers or their crosstown rival, the Detroit Neon. So if you listen to that previous pod, listeners, I did talk about some of the other Detroit pro sports teams, the Detroit Drive, the Michigan Panthers. I didn't bring up the soccer pro teams of Detroit of, of yesteryear, the Detroit Rockers or the Detroit Neon. Scott pointed out he was absolutely right. They were both professional indoor soccer teams and competing leagues. And uh, yeah, the Rockers used to play at Cobo Arena. Scott, thanks for bringing that up. We should have mentioned the Rockers or the Neon. All you Rockers and Neon fans, my apologies. All right, quickly, what's been going on with me? What's been going on with Mike D? It's not been that long since the last episode. I did catch the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Caught that in Celine at the Imagine Theater. What a really nice group of staff over that imagined. Uh, really like the intro commercial too. They show the CEO, Paul Glantz, good dude. And uh, yeah, enjoyed the Ninja Turtle movies. Ninja Turtles movie took me back to my youth. Cleveland was in Cleveland this past weekend. We're going to talk about it briefly in the episode with Tim Horbath. It was with Tim, his lovely wife, Kim, and their son, Trevor. And uh, we saw Tigers beat the Guardians at Progressive Field. I got there early in the day, went over to the Old Angle Tavern, the Angle, as they call it, in Cleveland, in uh, the Ohio City neighborhood, to watch my beloved Tottenham Hotspur footy club, soccer club, take down the hated Manchester United Red Devils. Great game, 2-0 win for Spurs, new season. Things are looking up for Ange Postacoglu and the boys. Enjoyed stopping by Flannery's right by Progressive Field, another great Irish pub in that town. But, yeah, big win for the Tigers. Lovely time in Cleveland. The only thing I will put the city of Cleveland, and this is also the city of Detroit, and basically everywhere in between on blast, no direct bus, no direct train. It's called the Earth. Let's save it. Let's get some public transportation. All right. Plan for this episode, folks. As I mentioned, Tim Horvath, Chad Massey, the college football crew are back to talk 2023 college football. It is going to be something I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to the Talking Friendship with Mike D podcast. I'm your host, Mike D. It is that time of year, listeners. It is the college football preview episode. You've come to know it and love it. This is year three, and I have two of my all-time favorite college football friends. I'm dropping the college football, just friends. 
they're here. They're ready to talk, chop it up, and talk college football. There may be a slight theme around Michigan, the University of Michigan, but it's just slight. You're not going to hear too much. It, it's not like the entire episode is going to be 98% University of Michigan. First up, I want to welcome back Tim Horvath. You, if you've been listening this season, you heard Tim was part of the episode two Detroit Pro Sports two-parter that's really caught the world by storm. Uh, Tim, you're back. Good to see you. How are you, buddy? I am. Uh, great to be back, Mike. Thanks for having me uh, yet for, I believe, this is our third college football preview, and the uh, first two years have gone pretty good for our beloved Wolverines, so I uh, can't wait to keep it going. Keep it going. We had to keep it going. I believe Coach Harbaugh demanded that we keep it going. And you know him well, the insurance king of the Midwest, Chad Massey, is back in the virtual podcast studio. Chad, how you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's great to uh, great to see you. So, so Tim, what have you been up to in the extreme amount of time since we last did the Detroit Pro Sports episode? Well, I mean, it's been a whopping 21 days, uh, <laughs> I believe. But uh, we, we just saw each other. Uh, we were in the uh, crappy state of Ohio on uh, Saturday night for the Tigers-Cleveland game, which the Tigers won. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty good. We, um, uh, the, I'll tell you, really, I've, I've only been home like five days out of the last – 17 maybe uh went up north for a golf trip came back for a little bit and then uh kimmy my wife and trevor and i who's about to start his senior year at northville high school uh we left wednesday night to go to niagara falls trevor and i have never been there and then uh trevor took his final campus visit uh to syracuse university he wants to go into sports broadcasting or sports management and they are the number one school and it was a great trip we had one-on-one meetings with the director of undergrad admissions for the Newhouse School of Communications and uh, a student there uh, took Trevor and us on a tour of it. Um, and then we proceeded to go from Syracuse to Cleveland and now we're back and uh, we're home till Friday. And uh, Trevor's actually got a game at the big house Friday night, Northville versus Clarkson. And then from there we drive up to Traverse city uh, and then come back Sunday, but it's been a great summer. Um, you know, the beauty of college football is that, you know, it's always on the horizon, but you absolutely have to enjoy your summer. So, uh, it's been great. 
Yeah, it's a great point, Tim. You know, it's Michigan, the state of Michigan, the upper Midwest this time of year is so beautiful. And you don't want the summer to end, but you know when it does, you've got you got maybe the best thing as far as at least my sports life uh, waiting for us in college football. Nothing like it. Nothing like Oops. fall in Ann Arbor. Absolutely. Chad, how about you? How's your summer been? I, I haven't seen you quite as as recently as Tim. I know you've had a busy summer. Would love to the listeners would love to hear what's been going on with you. Yeah, it's been uh it's been a busy summer, you know, kids and sports and baseball and um just all sorts of stuff. Move the uh A1 Ford branch insurance is now located in Saline, Michigan since we last uh did this. So we are next to Imagine Theater. So anybody, even your listeners in New Zealand if they decide to come here and buy some stuff, we can uh we can work on that for them. Just has to be in the state of Michigan. Huge news. You can go to a matinee show, they get an umbrella policy all in an afternoon, and they're in Celine. Hey, and the beauty of it is to get that umbrella policy, I got to write their home and auto too. So it's it's great. Like, all three of them, we'll just wrap that, them all up for them. That so. is like insurance dirty talk. Okay. There's kids wow. listening, Chad. They're children Man. listening to this. Yeah. Let's keep it PG insurance wise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, that's uh, you know, it's been um, uh, it's been an eventful summer. Um, and I'll take a minute here to um, pay tribute to the one of the main reasons that I'm a Michigan man and graduate and been a fan since I was a kid. Um, my mother, Diana Massey, um, she has dementia um it's been going for a few years um unfortunately she fell and broke her hip a little over a month ago um five surgeries later and she's not doing too well um and we think that it's probably not going to end um, the way we would like it to end um for her here in the not too distant future so i just wanted to um pay homage to her because without her fandom i would not be sitting here talking to you guys we went to every game imaginable um they, she always made sure that we got there since 1987 her and my dad we'd go to games all the time um basketball she followed recruiting chris weber all those guys um she had some uh, there was ne- up until the dementia got bad there was never a victory where she didn't call within 30 seconds to celebrate so um it's 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 bittersweet but um i you know thank uh god she was the best mom that anybody could ever have she still is um and i think uh I was driving over here, and as you guys know, I'm quite the uh, deadhead. And uh, as I'm thinking about some of the stories with her, um, they played a cover of Knocking on Heaven's Door that came on when I was there. And it was, and it's the Knocking on Heaven's Door when Bruce Hornsby was in the band. So the piano playing is unbelievable.
It's, it's one of those things and that just kind of that kind of hit me i started thinking i went to the store and i'm standing there like man what beer am i gonna buy right now and i looked and i haven't drank this in quite some time but the first drink that i ever had with my mom she said why don't you grab a beer out of the refrigerator i went out there and it was crappy old heineken because my dad for some reason was drinking it and She's like, let's have a drink. And I think it was 20 at this time. So the police can't arrest her, um, you know, for uh, serving a minor. But I decided I'm going to drink that tonight while we discuss this. And I just appreciate everything she did for me to put me in a spot where I could hang out with you guys and talk Michigan football. Because she, if she could, would listen to and in fact i believe two years ago she did listen to the podcast because i sent it to my dad and they listened to it so um they uh she would love it so i appreciate you give me a minute to uh, um, pay tribute to her and you know that's what i got to say beautiful chad yeah the, the the rest of this episode and this entire season is dedicated to diana massey at least when it comes to the 1206 Belmar tailgate and thank you um really really appreciate you sharing with with the the listeners and hearing about how she planted that seed of of the true Michigan fan you are today and raised you to be such a great the great man that you are so uh you know I, I can confidently say that the three of us in this podcast lucked out on when it came to the the mom side of life and uh, absolutely Diana was was certain you know up there with with any of them Yes. And real quick, it's just a uh, it just popped into my head to explain how much of a fan she was. 1989 Final Four, when Sean Higgins hit the shot, she had been drinking and watching the game and we're all there. And when he got the offensive rebound and hit the shot, she was jumping up and down so much. She didn't realize that she had lost control of her bladder because she'd been holding her. Uh, she did not want to jinx by going to the bathroom the entire second half and uh to this she we still laugh my cousin was there we still joke about it with her and she 
it was it was hilarious and she laughed about it all the way um she thought it was she told everybody that she did it because she was actually proud that she held it and led us to victory in that game and didn't jinx it by going to the bathroom you know we, we that's amazing chad <laughs> that, that is an amazing story that really drives on the level of wolverine that diana is and uh, has been yep. throughout her life that's that's amazing i love it <laughs> that's fantastic uh awesome all right guys well we've got you know we've, we've done this now it's our third time right some of the segments are going to be familiar to you if you listen to the last two years uh, we have some some new ones that i think will be a lot of fun uh the first thing we're going to talk about a bit is uh talking about the tailgate last season so if you listen to last season's episode i moved into a new house a couple of years ago and, and tim and, and family came over from ann arbor golf and outing and joined up with me and uh, last season, Chad brought his whole crew over. So his family and, and, and dear friends uh, who he's been tailgating with for years, we were able to kind of join forces uh, over, over here at my place. And uh, it could not have gone better uh, for, from a just tailgate experience, uh, at least from, from my perspective, it was uh, just such a great group of people. We, you know, we had the backyard going, we had the front yard going, we had uh, honestly, it was like a small city, every home football game, and uh, amazing food, uh, amazing, amazing beverages, amazing people, most importantly, just such a fun time. And we're going to run it back this year. And I will tell you, uh, I, it, last year was an interesting season as far as we're going to talk about some of our favorite football memories. But even just from the tailgate, we had that night game against Hawaii that was weather delayed. If you guys remember, it didn't probably start till about 845 Eastern time. And it, the rain's coming down. We're huddled under my tent, uh, watching, you know, watching the outside TV. Somehow the TVs uh, made it through, but it was uh, it was just such a fun season with all of us together tailgating. I, the one story I want to tell quickly is uh, I think I think there was a moment, Chad, where your where your youngest son was a little he was a little frustrated. He wasn't going to be able to go watch the game in person that day, and. Uh, he staged what I'm going to call the greatest tailgate protest of all time, where, uh, you know, we have a bunch of lawn chairs around the tailgate and we're, he's, he's, he's making his feelings known to, to Chad and Chad's lovely wife, Allie. And, uh, you know, Chad, you were being a great dad. You're like, sorry, you know, you're going to get to a game. It's just not this one. And he just started slowly tipping over the lawn chairs as his, as his nonviolent protest and not being able to the game. It was, he would just look at us dead in the eye and just slowly tip the chair over. <laughs> he, yes, he, he is, um, some would say a little bit of a pain in the ass sometimes. And he was, he was, he was not pleased that he was not being allowed to go to the game. And he was laying those chairs down nice and softly because had he dropped them, he would have been in trouble. He knew that. So he, he knew so just he, how hard to push it. Yep. Yep. He, he, I think he, he laid down about four of them before we got him out of there. So, yeah. uh, you know, but yeah, yeah no, it, he, he's going to all the games this year because I told him at the Big Ten Championship, he sat with me. And I said, if you're good through this whole game, you can go to every single game next year. Um, you've got a ticket. So he did really good and he's looking forward to it. He can't wait. So that's great. I love that your your kids affectionately just know me as football Mike. I don't think they know my last yes. name, actually. Actually, actually, they he asked me the other day, are you going to football Mike's? 
Uh, yes. Yep. Going to football, Mike. So, Mike, you're like a radio station character on like a morning show. <laughs> that she has children. That's yeah. impressive. You know, it is. It's it's a it's a high life achievement. Well, they're great kids. I, I you know I try to be a good role model for them. Uh, and Tim, you know, it was it was obviously it was our second year kind of tailgating here together. And I what I love about tailgating with you is, of course, just you and Kim and Trevor most of all, but. Uh, you know, we have just great friends that you've introduced me to over the years. Obviously, I've known your brother for for decades, but besides your your brother Scott, um, just always bringing over good people to the tailgate, whether those are work work friends, friends you've known forever, and and it's to me that is the essence of tailgating, right? Making connections, bringing good people together. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very lucky to be in in sales to where my my clients that cut. So my our company has four tickets um to every game and and our ceo only goes to one game a year so i'm in charge of all the other games and i'm lucky that you know where our clients park is literally like six houses down and so I, obviously i always invite them over and um it's great man you know we've been doing this a long long time we started doing this at uh, ann arbor golf and outing they've gotten to know chad they've got obviously to know you mike and, um, you know, to me, the, the best tailgate last season, and this is how lucky we are to have Mike live two blocks away from the stadium, was Illinois. Oh. You know, yeah. Illinois still, and I, I mean, seriously, I'm trying to think back since like 95. That was, I think, the damn coldest game I've ever been a part of. And it, the fact that you, obviously, it's your house, so you opened up the inside uh, and it was the, it was obviously the smallest tailgate we ever had, but the fact that like my clients could go inside to a house, and in you know and and uh, it was just it was awesome you know so you know kudos to you Mike because you don't have to host all of us, um, you know you host my car on your front lawn every game <laughs> and you don't have to do that, um, you know we're more than lucky enough for i mean my wife obviously makes a, a a lot of food uh for the games and 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 i bring a lot of alcohol just like everybody else does and it's just really uh a fantastic morning pre-game event i will not say what we are since we've tailgated at your house though there's a lot of wood in, in my vicinity that we'll be, we'll be knocking on but we'll we'll yeah, yeah let's, it's, just, it's, let's just say it, let's just keep it rolling yeah. Just keep it rolling. I, I'm not going to say it yet. I, I, I right. We just keep it. it rolling. We I just keep it rolling. It. And you know what? It, it does come down to us. It comes down to us and how we handle the tailgate sets the tone for the day. That is uh, true. For the rest of the, for the team. So we know yeah, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It. Absolutely. So no, it's, it's been so much fun this year. Uh, it's going to be more of the same. We know we can control the tailgate and we know it's going to be a blast. So I'm, I'm, we're a little more than a little under two weeks out and it's it's yep. going to be just a great season. So so why don't we move on to, to the football side of things, fellas? We're going to go over quickly. I'm going to recap our our predictions last season. So we go through and we'll do this again. We'll predict the, the Michigan schedule in a bit. Uh, we were all very bullish on the Wolverines last year, all three of us. Chad and Tim, you both had Michigan going 11 and one. You, you had them going down to the Buckeyes in Columbus, which was a very logical pick at the time. Ohio State looked awesome. They were a really really good football team last year, but. Uh, but we were better. We were better. We were better. We were better. So, and then you had, uh, but you both also had Michigan in the playoff. 
So you had, and you had three, both of you had three of the four playoff teams because you had Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and then you had Alabama. So you got three out of the four playoff picks. You had Michigan in the playoff. No, I had, I had us going 13 and 0. I had us winning the Big Ten championship, albeit over Minnesota, not Purdue. And then I had the playoff as Michigan, Ohio State, but I had Bama as well with the two of you. But then I had Oklahoma. Terrible pick out of me. Believed a lot more in Brent Venables than I should have last season. But I have to say that's pretty strong, pretty strong pronostications out of out of the three of us last year. And uh I again can't wait till we get to, to this part of the episode. So we talk about our favorite moments from last season. For me, well, I'm, I'm going to let one of you two talk about the Ohio State game because it's it's just objectively going to be all of our favorite moment. I'm just guessing. I think we're both. I think we're all going to have to say something about that game because we, we all so, have. Yeah. Well, so yeah, you're right, Chad. So let's get to that in a second. I'm, I'm going to say some of the more underrated moments. The first road game when the Wolverines go into Kinnick Stadium, University of Iowa. Right, uh, Iowa was. Not a great team last year, but they had a heck of a defense like they always do. Mm -hmm. And it was a tough road venue. It's always tough to go into Kinnick Stadium. And the team played so controlled that game. You know, young J.J. McCarthy going on the road in a tough environment. And I remember watching that game. I I was in my basement with some dear friends, uh, the Bibbies and some other good friends. And I, you know, that game was just a master class in how you play against a team like University of Iowa where you don't beat yourself you, you take what they give you, and you, you bring the game home. Low snap, handed by McCarthy. He'll sprint out, turns the corner, throws, caught, touchdown, Wolverines, Donovan Edwards. McCarthy making chicken salad, and the Wolverines extend their lead. 19-0. I still remember that play, Blake Corum basically putting cement boots on now current Detroit lion, Jack Campbell, the all American linebacker and just juking him out of his, literally out of his, uh, out of his pants. And nice in and out move, Blake Corum, touchdown Wolverines. Oh, he gave him a shimmy shake. A lip leg. Great game. That was, you know, that's where I'm like, this team, this team's got something. That Iowa game, and then I'm going to quickly talk about the the Penn State home game. I'm, as I know, both of you remember, two pretty highly rated teams. Penn State comes into the big house. First half was weird, right? We were out playing them. We're out playing them. We gave up a freak big play. Sean Clifford fake handoff runs it down to our one, and then the second half we just rolled them. Long runs by Donovan Edwards. Long run by Blake Corum. We dominated that game, but we were losing. At halftime, if I remember correctly. But here's the thing, Mike. At the the drive after Clifford, they scored on fourth down. JJ throws a pick six, and so just like You're that, right. You're right. Just like that, we're down. You know, and we're like, all right, we're going to see what this team is made of. First down. Michigan, 67 yards. Yeah, so so that Penn State game, just how we came out and beat the doors off him in the second half. Blake Corum with the lane. Blake Corum breaks it back. Blake Corum, shredding. Blake, the great touchdown, Michigan, 61 yards. 
you know, every special season and last year was a special season. It has these moments that you, you look back to where the team just, they move forward, they grow. And that was another one of them. So uh, those are two that stood out to me. Uh, Chad or Tim, uh, why don't we start with you? Uh, start with you, Chad. What, what, feel free to build on those or what else kind of stood out to you about last season? As you said, we went through, you know, the Penn state game, all that stuff that you get to the, the Michigan state game. Um, I, I don't think there was more hatred running through my veins for that team that day in my entire life. And that was before they bum rushed a couple players of ours in the, uh, on the way to the locker room after the game with all their flimsy, you know, excuses like, why did he run down the tunnel? ran down the tunnel because they've been running down the tunnel for a hundred years as have you guys and no one has taken it to the level that they took it to um that whole day i almost couldn't stomach to even talk to michigan state fans that day just because they they the level of vitriol that's been put into that rivalry it's 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 not it's not good um but i don't think that we've put it to that level um i think that a couple of their coaches have and i think it's bled into the fan bases unfortunately and um uh, i was quite happy i wish we would have scored a few more touchdowns instead of kicking those field goals but more you know congrats to their defense for holding it to 29 to 7 because that really was a 56 to 7 game and um they i'll one, tell you in the in the first half they played us good they oh, played yeah, us they really really good they did. They held. They held us. They held us to field goals. Um, but it was a matter of time. Um, they bend but don't break. Didn't give up uh, touchdowns in the red zone, which was huge for them. But didn't move it across the fifty-yard line after they scored the touchdown. Basically. So um, when did that happen? I think that happened like on their first or second possession, something like that. So they basically didn't move the football. Um, you know that that one stuck out to me because I think the way that that went down unfortunately you know two things i think it one it's going to take the level of dislike between the teams to a level that hasn't been seen um which i think is unfortunate um you know it hasn't been a friendly rivalry anyway but i think that it's going to get worse now um and i i think the fan base is it has it's not real good for the fan bases either, but that, that one sticks out to me is a moment of the season that it might not, it was great to win it, but long-term for the rivalry and stuff, I'm that, that moment I think sticks out to me as something that wasn't great for us. It was great to win, but I think it took it to a level that it wasn't now anything else that season, um, you know, Indiana game, you know, we struggled a little bit. JJ hadn't thrown an interception until uh, his uh, neighbor's kid said, JJ hasn't thrown an interception all season. The very next play, he throws an interception. So it's little little funny things like that. <laughs> Luckily, it didn't hurt us. But as soon as he threw that ball, I turned to their kid and I said, I am going to kill you. Yeah, and- he's, he's talking about Trevor's son or Trevor's <laughs> friend, Evan Oberkite. Uh, and he literally, Evan, Evan literally did say that in literally the next play, JJ throws a pick. So Evan that, is alive. Evan. 
We have proof Evan of is alive and well. But Chad, every time Chad sees Evan, he reminds Evan of the statement that Evan made. Yeah. That, and, you know, and, and when you talk about the Penn State game, too, back-to-back um, runs basically by Blake and Donovan to pretty much put that game away where they both broke from over uh, – I think they both went from over 60 on that. and. Yeah. That was right in front of me in the end zone, and that is a really awesome memory from the season with my son Jameson standing on the bleachers, and you know it, it was a great uh, that was a great time. Tim, yeah, Tim, let's hear, buddy. Yeah, if you want to enter, why don't you, Tim? Anything you want to talk about from last season, of course, but then why don't you get us into the Ohio State game too? So leading into the Ohio State game, two words: Isaiah Gash, fourth and three. If yep. we don't hit that pass from a walk on or to a walk on running back, we lose that game. And JJ hits uh gash in the flat. He gets literally four and a half yards. It was fourth and three. Uh, we kind of move forward in, in good old from uh, Norfolk township, Michigan, not Norfolk, Michigan, as Jake told me uh, last year at the team hotel after the big 10 championship. <laughs> Uh, Jake Moody hits it. We win 19-17, and then that leads us into uh, the Ohio State game, which their their previous game against, I believe it was Maryland, uh, they did not play that great either. You know, typical trap game for both teams. Um, you know, going into that game, I did not think we were going to win. I mean, I especially with beating those guys, you know, the previous year um, after all those years of them beating us. Um, but man, there were just certain plays, you know, they, they score their first possession and then you, you clearly could tell that they were playing. I won't say without confidence, but they were playing with trepidation. You know, we hit, we hit that corner uh, pass to, to Cornelius Johnson. He turns around, they miss two tackles. We score. McCarthy under pressure back shoulder throw caught. Cornelius Johnson breaking it, still on his feet. Cornelius Johnson spreading. Touchdown, Michigan, 69 yards. Johnson and then it's the missed tackle. Uh they kick a field goal. Next literally the first play from the next drive. Deep bomb. And at that point, if people remember, you know, JJ, you know, the talk was he can't hit a deep throw. It's it's the last game of the season. There's no way that he's gonna have to, you know, hit intermediate routes. Well, he hit Cornelius. Donovan Edwards, the pistol back. McCarthy to throw it. McCarthy looking, throws deep, got a wide open receiver. Michigan, 75 yards. They said the kid couldn't 
route from Cornelius Johnson, and all of a sudden, Michigan lights it up on two long touchdown passes. Their own 21-yard line. And then he hits Colston Loveland. Play action. J.J. McCarthy lobs it wide open. Caught at the 10-5. Touchdown, Colston Loveland. 45 yards. And Michigan reclaims the lead. And really, I mean, obviously, as all of us Michigan folks know, from the second half on, we controlled that game. And it really started from the first drive uh, of the second half. And we and we hit Colson Loveland. And then obviously, you know, Donovan hit those um, huge runs. And I couldn't believe it. Just like two years ago, I, I couldn't believe we had beaten Ohio State. But again, I think I said this last year on the pod. The last time we had beaten Ohio State was my senior year, 2000. And I was there in the shoe and Drew Henson ran that naked bootleg and we won 38, 26, you know, of course, all we did was play Auburn in the citrus bowl, but then it was like, Oh my God, we're, we're going back to Indianapolis. Um, Just an awesome day. And uh, another game changer as far as the uh, rivalry goes. Yeah, that, um, I mean, Tim, great recap of that Ohio state game. I don't have a ton to add. You nailed it. Um, I, one of my favorite moments from that game, obviously, all the big plays were just unbelievable. And those two Donovan Edwards runs, uh, when they each over 75 yards that time. Uh, the the long drive that ended in JJ scoring on the QB sneak. I mean, that was an over over a 10-play drive that just to me that broke their spirit, right? JJ McCarthy, he'll run it with a left. Touchdown passes. Now he runs one in. And the Wolverines take a 30 to 20 lead. He actually ran right past his offensive lineman. And then they started gambling, and that's when the big holes opened up. But that drive, if you remember the play before JJ scored, he he so smartly sees Ronnie Bell in the back of the end zone, sees him covered, throws it up. So it's only either Ronnie or pass interference. It was pass interference, a correct call, by the way. And uh, and then he runs into the very next play, and he's getting up, just pumping his fists, right? The whole team is going nuts. It was uh, just, just a joyous day of football where we took, the, we took their souls. We took the Buckeye souls. Yeah, Tim. And I got to say something, too. After rewatching it 819 times uh, <laughs> since the game, the, here's the best part, all right, is the television. All right, so Mikey Sanderstrill has that beautiful breakup uh, on their tight end. Um, they thought it was a for sure touchdown. It turns out to be a field goal. first play from scrimmage the cameras the fox cameras have a close-up of jim knowles and joe Klatt saying well you know what <laughs> this is what ohio state hired jim knowles for was for drives <laughs> like these and literally that that first and next play donovan runs it 75 mm-hmm. yards in and he was like, untouched here's edwards with a Edwards, 
Michigan, the Don! <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. It was it was gorgeous. And they so that to me, like that's just it it warms the cockles of my heart knowing that they showed Jim Knowles close up and he's got his readers on and he's he's looking at the next play and he's thinking, okay, this is you know, this is where we can stop them. And literally that play, Donovan runs um and really broke open the game. It was oh God. What it was a day that we will remember forever. It was the best. Chad, please add anything to add. It was, it was, um, it taught young Lachlan, Mr. Silent Protest, um, <laughs> to not, because when they scored right away, he was ticked. We're going to lose and all that. So the game just started. Go upstairs. We, we don't want you down here if you're going to do that. So he finally comes down, and to see the um, joy on the boys' face is Donovan. Um, Sprinted for his second long run um, was magnificent. That's the first turnover of the game. Here's the run again. Donovan Edwards. Whoa! Can they catch him? No! Donovan Edwards again. 85 yards. The Don. Two huge touchdowns. And the Wolverines go. And then, and then Lachlan, of course, um, wanted to go. So we went to, um, Allison was out with Mrs. Michigan insider, Sherry Weintraub at, uh, session room watching the game and drinking. So they were out there. So we went out there and next thing I know, Allison's saying, Oh, we're going to the big 10 championship. You got our room. And I'm like, Oh, you guys are going, huh? So <laughs> then, and Lachlan, of course, heard it. So he, he had to go, but. Um, that taught a very valuable lesson that I think we all get taught for at that age that, hey, in a football game, just because they scored first doesn't mean they're going to score last. And it definitely doesn't mean they're going to score more because we beat the hell out of them in the second half. And it was beautiful. It was great game. We The three of us, again, made it made it down to Indianapolis the following Saturday to, to see Michigan be crowned back to back Big Ten champs with a sweet victory over Purdue. That was like last year, just a ton of fun in Indy. Uh, highly recommended if if you have the opportunity to go in the future. And uh, I did go out to to the Fiesta Bowl. Had an overall fun trip. Obviously, the game was not did not go the way we wanted. We're not going to spend any time analyzing that game, but did have a great time on the night before the game and the day leading up to the game uh, out there in, in in the Phoenix area. So, but real quick on the Big Ten championship, I think we do need to discuss. Um, the after party at the team hotel that <laughs> yes. that that um basically led to um basically led to us sitting in the hotel. I think there's a picture of Tim, Kimmy, and I at three thirty in the morning drinking still, and all of our kids were up at the players. Um, and family celebration because Mike Sanderstill's brother took them up there at like one in the morning and they just disappeared for like a couple hours. And I think Tim said it best when he's like, we just let our kids go off with 
a random person that we didn't know. And apparently we think they're up there. We can't get up there. And I'm like, well, and I'm the worst one because I let a seven-year-old and a 13-year-old go up there. So, <laughs> but it, it, it was blast. The player, the kids had a blast. They met all the players, pictures, autographs. They had yeah, pictures they with the big 10 time. championship trophy Ab- with like, yes, our, absolutely. You know, 16, <laughs> seven-year-olds. I'm like, I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I was jealous. I'm like, Trevor starts, you know, texting me these pictures. Oh, it's him and Donovan Edwards and yeah. in the Big Ten Championship <laughs> trophy. And no offense, Chad. I mean, drinking with you is fantastic. And Santa Ono, Santa Ono was not drinking, but he was with us. Well, for a little yeah. bit. He was there. Mike, him you and his were there wife. as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We got a great photo. Tim, you, yeah. me, Trevor, and uh, President Ono. That's right. And, and uh, Wendy, Cranny and with, Wendy, yeah. And Cr- Cranny was there and KQ and, and – uh, <laughs> But yeah, Cranny, Cranny's entrance where everybody was going nuts because he walked in and they thought he was part of the they team. They thought he staff. was a tight end. Yeah, that was that was classic because yeah. he 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 <laughs> sold it. He sold it well. He, did, he totally <laughs> walks through slapping hands with everybody. I'm like, people, he's been graduated for 20 years, for God's sakes. OK, and he was a pitcher. He's got more walks than Jim Abbott. The guy's got one and a half arms, and he's got more walks, and he's got two arms, for God's sakes. Now, Indy was another blast, though. And, and Chad, to your point, so after the Ohio State game, it was like, oh, my God, you know, we beat Ohio State. We're going to the Big Ten Championship game. And then it was quickly like, oh, my God, we're we're going to the Big Ten Championship game. Now we need to start looking at lodging and tickets yep. and stuff like that. But uh, it was fantastic. And that, that, was, that day – just like the year prior against Ohio State will f- forever be remembered. And your wife had surgery what? 2 days prior and she No, she had the day but so no, she had she had surgery that Thursday. Yeah. So here's a great story too and I'm not going to run too long cuz I know we've got a, a little time limit but so she had surgery Thursday to do cosmetic work on her face from the the previous cancer <laughs> and she she goes into the she goes into the elevator and the offensive line goes into the elevator with her <laughs> and they start talking and she's like, yeah, I had surgery yesterday and you know, it's Friday night and the offensive line like almost got mad and looked at her and said, well, Blake had surgery today and he's not coming tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so the fact that, that Kimmy had surgery the day before, but still could make it to Indianapolis the next day, it did not sit well with the offensive line that Blake was getting his knee surgery literally that Friday and could not make it into Indianapolis on Saturday. But uh, <laughs> what a great time. Just another. Yep. It's awesome. Indianapolis is absolutely awesome. Yep. Great time. Especially if you win. Especially if you win, which we have done the last two years down there. All right, guys. So why don't we uh, – I want to quickly – each of us just talk for maybe like a minute each about the, the future of the Big Ten, right? We're recording this in 2023. It's been, a, I'm going to say, crazy summer when it comes to conference realignment. Our conference that the our beloved Michigan Wolverines are in is has drastically changed starting next season. It's adding, well, for now, four teams. By the time you listen to this, there may be more. Adding four teams from the West Coast starting in 2024, USC, UCLA, now Washington and Oregon. It's going to look very different for us starting next season as far as who we play, rivalries, all of these things. And this is not unique to the Big Ten. It's it's college football is changing everywhere. So would love to just take a quick takes from each of you on are you 
excited about this? Are you a little bit, is it a bittersweet? What, what are your kind of like minute or less takes about where we sit with conference realignment, uh, either, you know, Michigan, Big Ten or, or college football more broadly? Uh, Chad, let's start with you. The way I look at it, um, whoever has the most money at the end of the day is going to be the most successful and the Big Ten has a gigantic money cannon. And when you add in the Los Angeles market, um, you know, Washington and Oregon are throw-ins. You know, neither of those have a market. Um, I Had we not added them, I wouldn't have cared. I would rather go south and grab some teams so we can plant a flag down there. But let's be honest. It's the way it's going to be. Whoever can grab as much ground as they can is eventually going to um, be the most successful. And I really do think that we need to grab more ground to level the playing field with the SEC. Um, So I don't have a problem with it. It'd be great if it could be like when we were kids, but you know, that ship is sailed. So let's get the best teams because you don't want to end up looking like the pack, whatever they are now. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, how about you? You know, I don't ever want to hear the term student athlete again mm-hmm. because it's not about the students. I, I don't know how you can, you know. <laughs> All right. Let's think about February 23rd, 2025. We go out to USC or UCLA for a 1030 basketball game. And then, you know, we have to play Indiana. Let's say that's on a Saturday. And then we have to play Indiana at home on a Tuesday or a Monday, you know, it's just, uh, I, as a fan, I think it's great. I mean, we get to visit, you know, the West coast stadiums and stuff like that for the student athletes. Um, I, I feel terrible for them, yeah. you know, they, and, and I know they're working out a way like, all right, well, teams are going to go out and play USC. And then two days, three days later, and like basketball, let's say they're going to play UCLA or or Oregon or Washington stay on the West coast. And, but I don't ever want to hear the term student athlete again, because all it is like Chad just said is about money. It's about the cabbage and it's Mm -hmm. about TV networks. And, and Chad, you know, you talk about wanting to plant a flag South. Oh, just wait, because, you know, next year at this time, it's going to be North Carolina or Virginia or or Florida state, I know for a fact is dying to get into the big 10. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, so it's just a matter of time, but it's, it's TV network. It's, you know, we, we've got the East coast. Now we've got the West coast. We've got the LA market. We've, we've had the New York market since Rutgers, you know, got in, but uh, it's, 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 it's sad. What I would love though, is the big 10 championship game every year to be at the Rose bowl. That'd be sweet. I wouldn't mind that one bit. If we're, if we're going least, to, you know, rotate at least cycle it. Yeah. Cycle it, it through. But man, I would love to play a USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington in the, I mean, you have to keep some sort of tradition and that as like a traditionalist, that's the bummer about this whole thing. Um, there's no greater college football venue than the Rose bowl. Yeah. No, oh, yes, there yeah. is. And it's called the big house. Well, yeah, yeah it's fine. But the, <laughs> the Rose Bowl, I mean, the Rose Bowl is the creme de la creme. Yeah, and, yeah I, I don't you know. And, and so to lose, you know, to lose that, you know, Pac-10 against 
Big Ten, you know, and we've lost that for the last few years with the college football playoff. And obviously we'll lose it once, once it goes to 12, but um, yeah, it's, it, it simply comes down to money period. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a ton to add. It's a strong analysis from both of you. No, no surprise. I agree with everything you're saying. I am excited as a fan and you acknowledge this, both of you, uh, it's going to be fun to go out to Austin stadium in Eugene, Oregon. It, I heard stories from my, some of my good MSU friends who ran out to Seattle last year and had a blast uh, tailgating out on the water outside a Husky game in, in University of Washington, right? Going to the Rose Bowl for a regular season game, going to the Coliseum. As a selfishly as a adult in his 40s, I'm very excited about a lot of this. But yeah, you're right, Tim, especially for the non revenue sports. It's going to be tough. Absolutely. And you really feel for the programs left in the pack. 10 or Pac-12, like your Stanford's and Cal's and Oregon State's and Washington State's. I mean, Stanford and Cal Berkeley are are not only two of the greatest academic institutions in the world, but how many Olympians has both of those athletic programs put out and they don't have a home right now? So it's... But Stanford Stanford and Cal put 20,000 people in their stadium a week. That is is the reality. You're right. So, So I think you can be... You can have many different feelings about this you can be disappointed that it's gotten this point on the money side but you can also be excited as a fan of the university of michigan and i'm both i'll be honest i'm both it may it may be a little bit of cognitive dissonance but i'm i'm all i'm i get all the frustration and sadness and i also am fired up so we'll see it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting they're gonna have to read as we know right as we record this today that the previously announced 2024 and 2025 college football schedules are are scrapped, so we don't even yep. know who we're playing next season at this point, what road trips we might be going to. So we'll, I'm sure, find that out, I, I would imagine, the next couple of months, but we, we don't know. Um, all right, yep. guys. Well, So why don't we move forward? I do want to quickly talk about of the teams currently in the Big Ten that we've played over the years. All of, you know, we we've all been to many road games and road campuses within the Big Ten. Uh, I've last year made it to Indiana, so I I ticked them all off. I've been to every single one of them at this point. I know both of you have been to to most of them. Yep, Not well all. done. Yeah, thank you. It was it was a big life goal. I, I I did accomplish it. I wanted to hear your favorite your favorite three each. What what is uh so so Chad? What's and we don't need to spend a ton of time talking about yeah. each other. What are your what are your top three favorite kind of road experiences as a Michigan fan within the Big Ten. I love the Northwestern trip because I love Chicago. It's a great trip. You get there and it is um mostly Michigan fans at the game, which is awesome. I love the Maryland trip because you either stay in Baltimore or DC or you can stay at that ridiculously awesome hotel <laughs> that comp to gave me the upgrade with my mom was there as the, well. The hotel. The hotel. Out. Yeah. The 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 hotel that put us in the um what 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 do they call that Tim the um princess like suite or something it was it was sweet Ch- Chad do you think after that game <laughs> you know what state of mind I was in because that was the first away game that I was ever introduced to selling beer yeah. during a game 
I think I literally I passed out. You passed out in, in our room in, on in, the couch in front of my mom and dad before we went to dinner. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was awesome. It's, it was it's great. a post game nap, Tim. It's a post game nap. You're recharging. <laughs> yeah. But um, the Maryland game is awesome. Obviously, all Michigan, mostly Michigan fans. Um, I've only been to Ohio State once. I had a blast. We lost though, unfortunately. So that kind of makes it so I can't go um, rolling there. ND is always great, but I, I would say um, my favorite away trips that I've done in the Big Ten, Northwestern, Maryland, and so, oh, Penn State. Penn State's a blast. Cool. I'm going to know there, so I'm going to throw them in there. There you go. All right, Tim, how about you quickly? What, what are your kind of three? Yeah, I mean, I, I had Northwestern because of the Chicago component. I had Maryland because of the Baltimore slash D.C. component. I'll tell you, uh, Iowa was great. Uh, in 2003, uh, Kimmy and I went out there, nicest people. Uh, we get off the bus and Ohio or uh, Ohio, Iowa fans are literally singing the victors. Um, of course, that was a, unfortunately a typical Lloyd game. We're up by 14 points and then they come back and um, Nate, was it Nate Kading? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kicks the field goal at the end of the game. And, you know, so I, I mean, as far as fans go, uh, Iowa was by far the nicest, uh, you know, and I know venues wise, listen, the only time I went to Ohio state, we won. So to go into the shoe, uh, uh, there was some violence before the game with us and after, but we won. And so that will always be a great memory, but, um, yeah, because I mean, Northwestern Maryland, Iowa for me. Great choices. Yeah. I, I you know, now that I've been to every campus, I have taken something, positive fun out of every trip and it's just something about going to these these road games where especially when you're going with good friends like you guys other friends you're gonna have a good time inevitably Mm -hmm. uh i would say my three favorite number three i'm gonna say minnesota i went in 2015 and saw us uh it was at night we held on on a goal line stand i think i talked about this two years ago mo hurst at the goal line uh it will halloween Halloween. 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 I was with my good friends, Ryan Lewin and Greg Sherlap. I tell this story two years ago. Greg was dressed up as uh, the trash heap from uh, Fraggle Rock, I believe. And if you remember that game, Rudock uh, gets hurt. Well, young Wilton Spade comes in, we win. So I love Minnesota because it's the campus is right there in the middle of town, right on the Mississippi River. Beautiful campus. Minneapolis is a great, great, you know, just huge city. So it's Plenty of hotels to stay at, really good breweries up there, easy flight from Detroit, and nice fans. So I'll be going back this year, and uh, Minnesota's my number three. My number two is Madison. So I've been to Madison twice for to see Michigan play Wisconsin. 2019, we got smoked, and 2021, mm. we smoked them. So I've been on both sides of that. I love that town. I've spent time there outside of football weekends. Their fans are passionate. They tailgate really really well again shout out to my good friend scotty o who hosts the best road tailgate i've ever been to out there in in madison they have a beautiful campus nestled between two lakes there uh lake mendota and lake monona uh the state capital just a just a fun great college town i put it up there with ann arbor as uh i'd say top two in the big 10 of course number two behind ann arbor uh number one i'll say lincoln nebraska i went two years ago when we held on at night and 
Tim, you said the Iowa fans are the nicest. I'll I'll, I'll put them one A and Nebraska one B because something about that part of the Midwest, the people there are unbelievable. The friendliest, the nicest. Everyone I encountered could not have been more gracious both before, during, and after the game, even after they lost a tough one to us. Their stadium is huge. They do it upright tailgating. I was with my good friends, John and Gina Baker, and I'm excited to go back out there this year. So, uh, yeah, just uh, love Lincoln. Highly recommend getting out there. Those are those will be my top three. Nice. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard from quite a few people that Lincoln is by far the best as far as I've, nice. I've heard from multiple fan bases that Lincoln is a great place to go. So, you know, that, that, says, that says a lot there in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so why don't we look forward? We are now at the point of the podcast. We're going to talk about the new season, the 2023 season. And we like to start this off with reasons for optimism, guys. So, so quickly, I'll start with mine, and then we'll 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 shift over to you. We'll do this. Uh, Our reasons for optimism this year. Well, I'm going to say first. I'm going to say leadership. We have an experienced team. We have we have experience at quarterback in JJ McCarthy. We have experience at running back in Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. We have experience on the D-line with the, the, the freak Chris Jenkins. We've got experience all up and down this lineup. Michael Barrett, Mikey Sanistro, Zach Zinner, Trevor Keegan. I'm not going to name the whole roster. I would like to. Uh, we have a lot of guys that could be in the NFL right now and decided to come back to make one more run at the national championship. And when you have a team that is led not just by a strong coaching staff, which we have, but a strong set of player leaders – you are setting yourself up for success. So I'm going to say leadership of our players is my number one reason for optimism. Continuity on the coaching staff is number two. We have a basically almost everybody back. Our coordinators are back. Uh, we added former coach Chris Partridge back into the mix, but he's got familiarity with the, with the overall program. Uh, of course, we got our, our coach Jim Harbaugh back, but we have our, our key coaches are back. Uh, and so that is, you know, anytime you can keep the scheme going, Players are just going to have that familiarity. So, and then, I mean, come on, Ohio State games at home. They're coming up to, to Ann Arbor this year. And uh, I like what I like when our schedule's set up this way. So those are my kind of high-level reasons for optimism. And I'll also say quickly the new scoreboards. I've been watching them being put in. I walked by them last night, guys. These things are marvels. I'm going to use the word yeah. marvels. They are impressive. They are. So, all right. So, Tim, let's go to you first. Your your reasons for optimism this season? Uh, only two reasons: talent and depth. I mean, like you yeah, said, that, I mean, those are good too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's that that we were hoping would come back are coming back, and I mean, the depth that we have at almost every position is ridiculous. Um, I mean, there's not much more to say. Talent and depth. Uh, if you're not optimistic about this season, then there's something wrong. Yeah, you're really you're really a negative Nelly. I'm gonna call you a negative Nelly at that point if you're not optimistic about this Michigan season as a Michigan fan. Chad. The trenches, offensive and defensive line. Um, I do believe JJ is going to take that next step. Um, he's just a hell of a talent, and now he needs to turn that talent into what we saw making big plays at key moments in that Ohio state game and just cut down on some of the mistakes that he's made. And I think he's ready to do that. And then the last thing is I I agree with you in terms of the leadership that we have from um, a lot of the older, I mean, Blake coming back is huge. 
Um, he is a huge piece to the puzzle in terms of leadership. I just, I like this. I like this team. I think they've got a chance to, you know, do something that hasn't been done. And I hope yeah. I'm right. And hopefully I hope finish it off. <laughs> I hope you are as well. All right. So why don't we shift to, I'm going to say reasons for concern and concern for me is maybe even too strong of a word. That's how, that's how optimistic I am about this team, but I'm going to talk about a couple things that, you know, I'm, I'm aware of, I'll say awareness of first is who, who is our, who's our second cornerback, right? That's an open position. Most of our positions are settled at this point in training camp, but we lost uh, two really good cornerbacks to the pros in, in JT Turner and uh, Jermon Green. And we need we have a, an amazing cornerback in Will Johnson, true sophomore Will Johnson coming back. Saw he's a preseason second team All-American, should be first. But that second cornerback position is is a bit open, right? We've got a lot of talent there, a lot of unproven talent. We have a good transfer in Josh Wallace from UMass. We've got some really good young guys in Jaden McBurrows, uh, Omarion Walker, the wide receiver who's been converted over to cornerback, who has just freakish athletic talent. So we're gonna play some some big time passing offenses, none more so than Ohio state at the end of the year. And we have a, a really strong first corner, a really strong nickel corner in Mikey Sanistril. Second cornerback uh, is one that I'm, I'm just want to see what happens again, not using the word concern, but just awareness. And the second one I'll say is, is our third wide receiver. So we lose Ronnie Bell. Ronnie was a really good college player. We, we have two strong ones back in Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson, but that third wide receiver position is unproven. A lot of talent, a lot of young talent. Hopefully someone's going to step up, whether that's Tyler Morris, Darius Clemens. I know Peyton O'Leary had a great spring. We've got uh we've got some players there, even a Christian Dixon. So I'm just I'm excited to see who that third wide receiver is who can provide us some depth. Uh so those are my kind of two areas of again, awareness. I'm 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 taking back the word concern and just saying awareness. Uh Tim, what are your kind of two areas of, of your, or a couple areas or however many areas that you're thinking about? I, I am not worried in the least about our receiver room, about our second uh, cornerback. Um, you trust the coaching staff and the, again, talent and depth. The, the one thing that I do worry about is our health, specifically in the quarterback position. You know, if JJ goes down, God, you know, I hope it doesn't happen. We have Davis Warren. We have Jack Tuttle. Um, that worries me. Uh, that is the only concern that I have. And I know we're going to get into a position group that gives me concern, so I won't say it here. But for as far as reasons for concern for the season, just uh, the health of our quarterback. Um, and that's it. I, I'm completely confident. Uh, in every other facet of our team. Chad, how about you? I mean, I, I think that you can pretty much say that, you know, the health thing is the concern for any football fan of any team, you know, in the United States of America. And uh, Tim said it right. I mean, the quarterback spot is the spot that you just want your guy to stay healthy. We want JJ to stay healthy. Um, I do want to see Davis or Jack play well um, when they get their opportunity, but hopefully they don't have to take any real meaningful snaps all season. Um, you know, but other than that, you know, special teams wise, 
replacing Moody, who was damn near automatic. Money Moody. Um, yeah, I mean, that that is a concern. I do, though, in terms of, you know, you don't want Turner lining up. Celine Boy, by the way. Um, you don't want Turner lining up from 56 yards because he just doesn't have that leg. No, but um, you know who did? He's very accurate. A, a Norfield boy did. I, 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 I know, but right. you no know, offense they, against they, you, Saliners. Hey, hey, but the Norfield Celine, boy is listen, kicking listen. for the 49ers. Celine, they're like, you know what? We score so much, just practice extra points. Um, Northville, Let's I don't know. Let's keep it civil, guys. <laughs> this is about college football, not high school rivalries. Uh, I mean, awesome. I'm just saying. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, so we've talked about reasons for concern, awareness. Each of us, let's talk about our, our three most important individual players on the team for success. Now, Tim, let's start with your three first. Who are your three individual players are kind of the key players, not the best necessarily, but the key players for the team this year? To Chad's point, my number three player is, is James Turner. Um, because without a doubt, special teams is the number one question mark um, on this team. Number two, Will Johnson. You know, boy, did he obviously come around at the last, you know, five or six games, especially Ohio State, Big Ten Championship. And boy, in, in the, in, you know, in the playoff, he kind of became Charles Woodson-esque. You know, he, he, he was on an island and um, he did great. And then obviously number one is JJ. You, you, you got to stay healthy. And, um, you know, it's great to finally not have a quarterback, you know, competition. We know who it's going to be, you know, for literally one of the first times, maybe besides Shea Patterson, uh, since Jimmy's been our head coach. And um, so, yeah, James Turner, three, Will Johnson, two, uh, JJ McCarthy, number one. I love it. Chad, let's hear your three. I would like Rod Moore to continue to get better and better. He's a complete stud at safety. I love it. I want him to get better. I think that that's a huge thing, especially as you get later in the season against some of the teams that are going to throw the ball a little bit better. Plus the way that he defends against the run, I think that's a huge one. J.J. is obviously um, a no-brainer to have on there because – if we want to achieve all the goals that we've got, we need that guy pulling the trigger. And, you know, my third one, I would probably say I would really like to see one of the linebackers, and I can't, you know, decide which one, just step up to be dominant in the middle. And I think Colson has a chance to do that. So I'll throw him out there i would just like to see him take that next step to where he's just controlling the middle of that um, defense and shutting stuff down great picks great pick can't argue with any of those i'll I'll quickly go through my number three i have i do have wide receiver cornelius johnson you you know you really saw him in the ohio state game be a guy who can stretch the field and we we're going to need him and and roman wilson and, and hopefully some other receivers to fill that that role again i think jj the way he finished the year, throwing the ball downfield way more in those last three games. Uh, we have the opportunity to really take the top off some defenses. And when you combine that with what we have in the running game, it is scary. So I, I'm going to see Cornelius Johnson as, as, as the senior, to me, the alpha receiver, 
who I want to see just build off of his momentum at the end of last year. Number two, I'm going to say Chris Jenkins on the defensive line. You know, he's been a, a great player his entire career. He has been amazing at stopping the run. Everything you're reading about in this offseason that he's added even better pass rushing skills. So if he can take that next step up and being equally as good against rushing the passer as he has been against the run, combining him with Mason Graham at D tackle, that is, again, I'm going to use the word scary, but this time for the offense. And then finally, I'll, I'll say JJ, it's obvious, but it is, you know, what I love about JJ McCarthy, aside from the, the, the amount of talent he has is I love and I've talked, I talked about leadership earlier, but you just see the way his teammates react to him, right? They, they've loved their quarterback. The coaching staff loves this guy. The fans love him. And he, what I, what I love to remember about JJ is back in 2020, things were, were, it was a rough year for Michigan football. And JJ was this highly touted five-star commit and he never wavered a day. He loved the university of Michigan from the moment he committed. And he's been such a great ambassador for the university, all the work he does with kids in the off season. And, and that's not just him. That's Blake Corum. That's, a lot of guys on the team are really, you know, they're giving back to the community and JJ's right way up there with them on that front as well. So he's a great role model. He's a hell of a quarterback talent wise. And he's a, he's a, he's a leader of our team. And I'm excited to see him see where he can take us this year, where he can take our game. Before we get into the games, what is the key position group, not individual player position group for the team? I'll start. And I'm going to say it's the edge, the defensive end position. You lose Mike Morris, who was a heck of a player. Uh, you have, you know, two years ago, you lose Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. Then you lose Mike Morris. And you we had a really good transfer for one year in Yabioki, who came in and, and did pretty well for us. He 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 decided to go over to play with Bip, Bip Poggi and University of Charlotte. We have a bunch of talent on the team. We have an experienced guy in Jalen Harrell, right? We've got an older player in Braden McGregor. We've got a stud in Derek Moore, who's a true sophomore, who was really highly rated. We have a transfer coming in from Coastal Carolina, and Josiah Stewart, who has as much talent as any of them, but is going to be playing on a bigger stage. If you can get the level of edge play that we expect out of this group, combining that with our D tackles, we all know you win the game up front. Well, we got the Joe Moore winning offensive line on the other side. If you can get the D line up to that level, Let's play Georgia. Let's let's do it. Let's do it right now. I mean, that's what you gotta have. You gotta be able to play with those boys up front. And mm-hmm. our edges have the talent. So will they be able to put it together? So I'm gonna say edge. Uh Chad, let's go to you next. I was just talking to our buddy Brett um the other day about this. The I'm more and more convinced just being dominant in the trenches, specifically on the offensive line, makes you a championship contender um, if you have skill position talent, which we do. Um, that is when our offensive line was average, we didn't win championships. The last two years, our line has been awesome. And if they continue that, we can win championships and we can do a lot more than just win the Big Ten. Um, they just have to put it together and believe that they can do it. But that the offensive line is always, in my opinion, forever now. So you'll ask me this question 30 years from now, we're still doing this podcast. I'm just going to just just mark me down for the <laughs> offensive line. 
you know, we don't even need to discuss to just mark me down for the offensive line. Fair enough, Chad. Tim. Special teams, punter and kicker, you know, thank God we had Moody last year for that Illinois game. There's always going to be one yep. or two games that come down to special teams. Mm-hmm. And for the last, you know, three, four years, we had the utmost confidence in Brad Robbins, you know, and, and obviously the money man, uh, Jake Moody. And so, you know, that, that worries me because there's going to be times where we're not playing our best, where the other team, I mean, we all know that they look at us on the schedule and that is their, that is their circle game. That is the game that, you know, sells out their home stadium, even though it never gets, you know, sold out and so on and so forth. So there's going to be at least one or two games that come down to special teams. The question is, uh, can we handle it? And is it, you know, further down in the season to where we've had enough experience, both in punting or kicking, that we have the confidence to do that? Um, to me, without a doubt, special teams. Doman does seem to have a cannon for a leg punting-wise. So, um, hopefully he can do that on the big stage. Yeah. I mean, we've been spoiled, you know, and we've been oh, yeah. so no spoiled in, in that regard for f- literally four years. Um, we've so, been good punting wise. I name a bad year that right. in terms of punting under Jim, I mean, they, they do a good job of finding punters. Um, you know, hopefully Turner is accurate and, from the field goal spot and we just need to find someone that if we got to uncork one from 57 can pull it off and the young freshman hopefully he'll have that up op- well hopefully he doesn't have to have that opportunity but he'll he'll be there Adam Samaha from Ann Arbor here yep. yeah it no matter how good you are no matter how talented you are there are going to be moments in your season where you have to make a big kick so really 100%. well said really well yep. said Tim all right guys it is my favorite section of this podcast where we're going to go through the University of Michigan schedule. We're going to go game by game. We're going to make our predictions. We want you to hold us to this, listeners. If you see us at a tailgate, you know, call us out. If, if you're if you're not feeling we're being, again, reasonable, objective. You come to this podcast because for pure objectivity, and that's what you're <laughs> going to get. So why don't we start off first game of the year, September 2nd, in the big house, the East Carolina Pirates come to town from the AAC noon kickoff. They are replacing a ton of experience that's left the program. It's the fifth year of coach Mike Houston of the coach Mike Houston era. They had a really, really good year last year. They're going to start off with a big fat L. I don't want to get into too much detail about their team, but they're not going to come into the big house and beat us. Even with coach Jim Harbaugh serving the first of a a three game self-imposed suspension. Uh, Tim, thoughts on the East Carolina Pirates? No thoughts. Win. <laughs> Chad. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's a, I believe that's a win. All right. Moving on to week two. The UNLV running rebels from the Mountain West come into Ann Arbor. A 3:30 kickoff, my favorite kickoff time of, of all of the kickoff times. They are coached by Barry Odom. They are an interesting team. They have a running back transfer from Pitt, Vincent Davis, who's actually a pretty solid player. They have a few other guys. They're Edge, Xavier Carter. I remember we played these guys, I believe it was, what, 2015, Harbaugh's first season. I think they were in our non-conference schedule. We pounded them, and that's what's going to happen again. So, yeah, easy win over UNLV. I don't have much to say about them. Chad, anything to add about the running Rebels? Jerry Tarkanian's not walking through that door. I know that Win. 
Yeah. Tim. Tim. I was gonna say unless Jerry Tarkanian and Larry Johnson, Stacy Ogman, and Greg Anthony are all of a sudden playing football when at 58 years old or whatever they are now, <laughs> dub. I'm guessing that Larry Johnson is not good at football. So even if they walk through the door, W. Oh, his knees are starting to go. Yeah. They're probably still better than the football players they have now. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> all right. Moving on to week three. Our neighbors from just over the Ohio border, the Bowling Green Falcons, come up US 23 to, uh, or excuse me, I 75 to play play in the big house. It's a night game, first of two night games that we know of right now. They are uh, coached by former Michigan assistant coach Scott Leffler, an offensive minded head coach. They have a very crappy offensive line, but they do have a quarterback. Connor Basilak, you might recognize the name. First Indiana, before that Missouri. He has played yep. in some big venues, right? Um, he's got talent. I cannot see Connor Basilak going to the big house at night. I don't care if he has Teron Keith at running back. I don't care if he has Harold Fan in that tight end. These are just random players I'm reading off their roster. I don't know anything <laughs> about them. They're not going to win. So I got a win for Michigan here. Chad, go ahead. Yeah, uh, it's a W. Let's not talk about lefty too much. I'm, you know, we've talked about lefty enough. I'm glad he's not here. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Chad, or excuse me, Tim. Yeah, yeah, good old Scotty Leffler. I believe Steve Morrison, former linebacker, is uh, on the coaching staff. Soup, good old Soup Campbell is the wide receivers coach. Yeah. That's not going to matter. We are going to win by a very large margin. All right, so we finished the non-conference. The very next week, we are still in Ann Arbor. It's homecoming, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, Greg Schiano led Rutgers Scarlet Knights are coming in, having a massive tailgate with a bunch of undergrad friends who are going to be coming in from the West Coast, Chicago. We uh, That will be a hell of a tailgate. Noon starts. That game last year was a, the first half was a little too close for comfort. We don't have to go over everything that happened in that game, but it was a tight game through halftime, and then the second half, the the two pick sixes, I believe, from Michael Barrett's yep. linebacker really just blew the game open. You know, Rutgers is – they usually have a pretty good defense. They usually have a good line. That overall, all levels of their defense is usually – and they're led by a defensive coach in Shiano. So I imagine they're going to have a decent defense again. Their quarterback – what's his name? Wimsat, I believe, is their co- starting quarterback. I am not yeah. scared at all about that offense. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is not walking through that door. I'm going to have Michigan winning this game. I'm going to say uh, 31 to 13. The Wolverines beat the Scarlet Knights. Uh, Tim, what's your Rutgers prediction? Yeah, I mean, Rutgers, I I think Shiano is a great fit for that program. It's not going to matter. Yeah, we we win by, I I agree with you, Mike. I think we win by less than three touchdowns. Chad? Yeah, win. I will say uh, I do have a soft spot for their center, Ireland Brown. Uh, I did an Ancestry.com DNA test and confirmed I'm 39% Irish. So I want him to have a good game. But uh, obviously, I think Michigan is going to roll them. Well, uh, fifth game of the year, we finally go on the road. The Michigan Wolverines finally go on the road, and we go back to Lincoln, Nebraska. I talked about it earlier in the podcast. A heck of a fun place to go watch a game. We've confirmed it. I believe I'm right on this, guys, right? That's going to be a big noon kick. So two years ago, it was a night game. They've confirmed it's noon, so 11 a.m. Central time. So it's an early start there, which I'm happy about. I was in Memorial Stadium two years ago. That place was rocking. 
at night. Yeah. So I'm very much happy, even though they are not projected to be a great team, right? You got the first year of the Matt Rule era. You've got a transfer quarterback and Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech, who's got a little something about him. He's he's got talent, uh, but they are they're replacing a lot of players, including our new linebacker Ernest Hossman, who made a great decision to transfer to Michigan from Nebraska. Uh, Chad, Chad, what are your thoughts about going into Lincoln, uh, playing Matt Rule and the boys for our first road game? I mean, going into Nebraska, as you said, it's always a tough place to go in and play at. But I just don't think. They, I don't even think they have the offensive talent that they had two, you know, two years ago when they took us right down to the wire to be able to really hang enough to beat us. I think that we'll be able to move the ball on them. Um, I think we'll be able to slow down their offense. Um, people can say whatever they want, but Martinez. He turned the ball over and made some bad mistakes, but the that kid was uh, the kid was a playmaker, and heck, you even saw him in mop up duty with the Lions looking good. So, uh, I think they're going to miss it. You know, plug and play by throwing Sims in. I just don't think he's at the level that Martinez was, and I just think that we'll be able to go in there and really, really control the game. Tim, how about you? Win. I mean, I think. Awesome. It- I think it does. I think it comes down to game time, you know, just like Iowa last year. Uh, I'll tell you that the, <laughs> one of the best things that happened to all Big Ten teams is Fox Big Noon. And uh, oh, yeah. especially playing the, 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 you know, the the folks in the Big Ten West, because it's like Mike said, it's an 11 a.m. start. So, I mean, the fact that it's not at night, <clears throat> you know, I, li- I like Matt Rule. I think he's going to actually, I think Matt Rule is going to do a fantastic job at Nebraska, but the fact that it's his first year and we got them, uh, you know, in Lincoln at 11 a.m., uh, that's a win for us, for the good yeah, guys. Yeah, I agree. Definite win. I I will say I'm happy we're playing them this season in Matt Rule's first year versus his second year. He's shown everywhere he's been. By the time he gets into year two, he drastically improves whatever program he's, he's ahead of, whether that was Temple or Baylor. And uh, so I'm happy we're playing them this year, not next year on the road. I also want to give a huge shout out to my good buddy, John Baker and his lovely wife, Gina. They're going to be hosting another great tailgate out there. So I'm, I am looking forward to that trip. So I will be in Lincoln and I'll also be in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, the twin cities next weekend, sixth game of the year, the Wolverines head up to play for the Brown jug at Minnesota. This is uh I talked about it again earlier in the episode, just a lovely place to catch a game. You know, the Gophers are an interesting team. They've been pretty good under P.J. Flack. He's coached them up. They haven't done a, you know, they've been just consistently good. They haven't gotten over that hump, haven't been able to really slay a lot of the really big programs in the Big Ten, but they've, you know, they've done well. Now they're losing, in my opinion, a running back who was up there with anyone we had on our team last year, Mo Ibrahim. That yep. guy was uh, really good. And their quarterback, Tanner Morgan, was really experienced. I would say a pretty good Big Ten quarterback. So they got to replace by far their two best offensive players. We haven't heard the game time. This could be a night game. We don't know yet. Uh, I feel a lot better playing them this year with a new quarterback and a new running back than than we would have last year. So I think we're just going to have too much talent for them. I know they picked up a good running back transfer in Sean Tyler. I kind of feel bad for Western Michigan. P.J. Flex left there years ago to keep swiping players from them. So they, they took another running back in, in, in Sean Tyler. And they have Chris Ottman-Bell, good receiver. But 
I am I'm predicting a closer win here. I could see about a 10 point road win over the Gophers. I think they're going to play us tough, but I, I've got the Wolverines on top. Uh, Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, especially if it's a night game, I, I definitely see it being a closer um, than what us Michigan fans hope. But uh, I I see a W. By the way, if it is a night game, the Horvath will be in attendance. Absolutely, so, get on the the morning flight heading up, and we will be tailgating flight. together. Yep, I have to announce high school football the night before. But if it's what what worries me is that if it's that window of like the ten day you know window, then. Uh, but no, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. And, uh, but I do predict a W Chad. I think they lost a lot. Uh, and flex done a decent job of piecing it together, but I don't think, um, I don't think it's going to, I don't think we'll go into the fourth quarter worrying that we aren't going to win that game. I mean, of course I worry until we're up 36 with, you know, two minutes to play, but I think your average fan that's watching it when we hit the fourth quarter, I think they're going to think, you know, this game's pretty much over. So I don't know what that's going to say, but I do think that we will win that game. Um, We're not going to blow them off the field, but we'll feel like we're fairly comfortable, you know, with 10 minutes to go in that game. I could see. So I could see this game going a lot like our road game against the next team on the schedule. Indiana went last year. So the, the next yeah. game, the, the Hoosiers come to the big house. Now, interesting fact, and I was in Bloomington last year. It was my final Big Ten campus to get to. Had a great time with my buddy Kevin Werner, who I know all of us know. Uh, his his legendary tailgating friend, Fun Ron, who was at the tailgate. Fun Ron is a, is a really fun guy if you get a chance to tailgate with him. And uh, we had a great time in Bloomington. As I was researching Indiana's team this season, they are 6-19 and 19 in their last 25 games of college football. Of those six wins, two came against Idaho and two came against Western Kentucky. So they have not had the best run of form since the 2020 season uh, when they actually did pretty well when they still had Michael Penix Jr. So it's it's been a, it's been a rough go of it for the Hoosiers. They lost a ton of players in the transfer portal. They have... Trace Jackson Davis, their legendary basketball player, is now in the NBA. His brother apparently is the quarterback in Taven Jackson. I just don't see anyone on this roster that is giving me remote nervousness. So yeah, I think this is a big Michigan win in the big house. Um, three or four touchdowns. Chad, what do you think? Yeah, I I don't think, um, you know, I know Indiana was very solid in 2020, but as I've talked to people before, you pretty much have to throw out anything that happened in 2020. Um, that was not real college football with nobody in the stands. So um, I'm not a believer in the Hoosiers. I think we'll take care of business there right quick and move on to the next week. Tim. Tom Allen will not finish the season as head coach. Wow. Wow. Tim Horvath going on the record. Oh. Tim Horvath yeah, going on the record. They're they're you know you're you're calling the shot that a team that doesn't care about football is gonna. Yeah, I'm going on a limb, Chad. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna can a guy. Yeah, if it was basketball, I'd say I wouldn't bet you. But right now, if you want to drop some money on that bet, I bet uh, you they don't fire him until after the season. I'm telling you, this is well, this is what the listeners come here well, for. <laughs> you, I, you, you know. know I, you're, you heard it here first. Tom Allen will not finish the season as Indiana football coach. It's a it's a win. It's a for sure win. 
Yeah, okay. and I like I like I do like Tom Allen. I I but yeah, they've they've fallen off a bit. They might need a change up there. So. I think he's a, I think he's a bit ridiculous. The celebrations on the sideline. I mean, come on, that's all that that's all Pat Fitzgerald doing jumping jacks when we get picked up a penalty and then well, it's we, Indiana football, you know? Yeah, what, like, what do you get excited on. for? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he celebrated when we when we didn't score there. And what year was that? Uh, a few years back at the end of the half and he came on that field more than any of the players did. And I'm thinking, all right, now this guy's a jackass. So yeah, no, I, I'm not a big fan of Tom Allen. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. So moving on, we go back on the road. We go up us 23 to the North then we head West on I-96 and we go to Ingham County to take on the Michigan state Spartans. So we don't need to completely rehash. Chad did a great job of recapping what was really an unfortunate turn of events after the game last season uh, with the tunnel incident. It's already been announced a night game in Spartan stadium. Likely with beer. With beer. It's Smart. it is going to be uh, I'll use the adjective lively. You could use a different kind of adjective to describe things up there. I, I will be going to the game. I am not taking my car. However, I'm taking the Michigan flyer bus up from Ann Arbor uh, and, and not driving my car uh, with the Michigan license plate up there. Uh, very much looking forward to seeing our dear friend Todd Pretty uh, and tailgating with him and our, our good buddy Mike Stein and some of my great East Lansing uh, friends who live up in that area. Of course, my good friends uh, Kelly Tebe and Adam Zemke here in Ann Arbor. So I'm very much looking forward to the tailgate. The game is not going to be a fun game. Even you know, even if Michigan wins, which I am predicting them to do. I mean, Michigan State is. They've lost their quarterback to Auburn and Peyton Thorne. They've lost their by far their best offensive weapon at wide receiver Keon Coleman at Florida State. They, you know, they have their second best now, wide receiver in Reed. And J- Jaden Reed's the NFL. I mean, they have, you know, they bring in a, a, I think actually a pretty good running back in Nathan Carter from UConn. Uh, but I think he'll be, you know, I don't think he's gonna pull off another Kenneth Walker where he's you know the best running back in college football that year. They have a coach in Mel Tucker who I will say this about Mel Tucker. He clearly loves his players. Like he does. And that's a, that's a sign of you want that in a coach. But you know who else loves the Michigan State players? Todd Pretty, a lot of my friends, and they're not getting paid $95 million. So you gotta you gotta deliver some results. And I it's gonna be a borderline toxic atmosphere, unfortunately, I think. And I am predicting a Michigan win here. I'm sure it'll be closer than any of us would like. We have significantly more talent than them. So we go into that game and just don't completely turn the ball over five or six times. Michigan's going to win. Chad, what do you think? Um, I do think we will win this game. uh, And I think it'll be handily. I'm not predicting that we, you know, go out and drop. I've seen people talk about dropping like 56 points on them. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I also think they're going to struggle to consistently move the football just like they did last year because I don't think they're going to be able to run the football. And that's what won them the game in 21. And it was really Kenneth Walker dominating that game and with his vision and everything else, cutback lanes. If it's not Kenneth Walker in 21 making cutbacks to the backside, and walking into the end zone if he follows the blocking on that he gets stuck most of the time the kid was just 
a really, really good football player. Um, I don't think they have that at the running back spot. I don't think that they've got the skill. Losing Coleman is a huge loss for them. You know, I think they've got a little bit of talent there at wide receiver, but not a, not enough that it's going to shut you down. And the big thing is what I said earlier, trenches. I don't think their offensive line is going to be able to block us or block pretty much anybody this year. I think they're in big trouble on the offensive line. And it's been it's been a problem for them for a few years now, um, even in the Kenneth Walker year. Their offensive line was not good. Notice when he went out of the bowl game, they ran the ball for like five feet. I'm not even going to say five yards. They were awful running the football in that game. So we're going to win this game, um, I think, uh, unless something ridiculous happens. But I do think it's unfortunate that it's at night. I do think it's unfortunate that they're going to serve beer um, because I'm not sure that if Michigan State hasn't lost three or four games going into that game, they're going to go in being the, you know, trying to be the bullies that they think they are. And I think their fans take on that persona. Next thing you know, you got people getting stuff cracked over their head and yeah, I'm just gonna say it. It's stupid. Um, I don't Agree think Michigan. That. Yeah, I don't Agree think Michigan that. should be serving beer in a night game when we play Michigan State. I don't think Michigan should be serving beer if you know we're playing Ohio State. It, it, those things just lead to problems. And college football is not the NFL. And I don't want to look like the San Francisco 49ers game last weekend, a preseason game where every jackass in the crowd is sitting there throwing hammers. You know, it, it's just stupid. Yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully that is minimized, but I worry about it too, Chad. That, that, let, let's go up. Let's have a great day tailgating. Let's cheer. Yeah, some verbal right. barbs, but yeah, let's leave it at that. Tim, 100%. what do you, Tim, what do you think? You know, I I have no problem with the game being at night, only because last year it was night at our place. You know, they deserve to have the night game. I will say too, like, man, last year. I'll say was I wasn't fantastic. in favor of it last year, though, either. Yeah. I didn't think it should have been at night. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I mean, last year, though, it was fantastic. I mean, everybody, I mean, at least at our tailgate, which I believe, I mean, that was by far our biggest tailgate. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we, it, I mean, we had, you know, it was like Woodstock, peace and love <laughs> at, at the tailgate. And, and I never had any issues with anybody inside the stadium. Um, I, am I glad I'm not going uh, up to East Lansing this year? Yeah, I am, but no, I think I think it's going to be a typical Michigan Michigan State game. They're going to be hyped up. We all know every year this is their Super Bowl. I think it's going to be uh, much closer than what uh, everybody thinks. I, I don't know what the line is right now. Obviously, with the season not even beginning, but you know, I I think at the end of the day, we're we're the you know, obviously the better talented team. Um, and as Chad said, as long as we don't you know, turn the ball over, make stupid mistakes. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games where as the game wears on kind of like last year, you know, it might be a close game in the first at, at halftime. And then we just kind of slowly pull away. Uh, but I have us down for a win this year uh, in, a, in East Lansing. All right. So following that, we have our bye week. So Michigan's on a bye the last week in October. I have turning- a win. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> My fault. So after coming out of the bye week, we're back in the big house. Michigan's hosting the Purdue Boilermakers. So Purdue has a new head coach, former Illinois D.C. 
Ryan Walters takes over from Jeff Brom, going from a very offensive-minded head coach to a very defensive-minded head coach. They have a transfer quarterback from Texas and Hudson Card, who's pretty talented kid, has played some big moments at University of Texas. It's they're kind of a wild card this year, right? We played them in the Big Ten Championship last year, but again, new coaching staff, different philosophy, new quarterback. It's at night, another night game in the big house. It's going to be rocking at that point in the year. If our predictions come true, we're going to be uh, so excuse me, seven and zero going into that game. So, yeah, I I don't see anybody on Purdue that I'm that worried about. They have a good running back in Maccabee. He's solid. He's not, you know, blowing your 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 doors off. They lost Charlie Jones, Chuck Sizzle, that really good receiver. So I I think Purdue will be. I think Walters is a good coach, but this is gonna be a tough environment for him in his first season in the Big Ten. So I, I've got the Wolverines uh, comfortably beating the Boilermakers. I'll say you know seventeen to twenty one point win for for Michigan. Tim, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, game at night in the Big House win. Chad, I think a 17-point win is pretty favorable. You know, you're being really ultra nice there. I do not think they're going to come. If we're healthy, I don't think they're going to come within 17 points. Yeah, well, we'll see. I uh, Like I said, they're kind of a wild card just because they're flipping styles so much. Uh, but, yeah, it'll, it'll, it will be a win. And it's... But that, that's the problem. They're flipping styles, and you're trying to become a defensive football team with guys that just haven't been defensive for years under Brom. So, you know, I just, I can't see, that's a really hard thing to do. Um, You know, maybe three years from now, we've got to worry about that. But right now I just don't see it. So three more win predictions there, listeners. Now we move on to the toughest section of Michigan's schedule by far, our last three regular season games. We go on the road. To State College to play the Penn State Nittany Lions. We're going into Happy Valley. I will be there for that one, listeners. Really excited to uh, meet up with with my good friends, my dear friends, Ryan Lewin, Greg Sherleff, uh, my buddy PJ. We have the Airbnb locked. We are ready to roll. Uh, another game that is not a night game, thankfully. It'll be a noon kickoff in State College. We all want to avoid the whiteout there. Mm-hmm. They are Penn State's a good team. They are preseason top anywhere five to seven and any poll you read they've got a really hyped five-star quarterback taking over in drew lar they have two really good young running backs in katron allen nick singleton you know and defense they have some good players they have abdul carter and linebacker chop robinson the d-line kobe king in the secondary they're a talented team they're penn state they recruit well and penn, it's hard to go in there and win even two years ago it was a very very close hard-fought win up mm-hmm. there and a noon start. I think that we will be locked in at this point in the season, right? We're going to go up there. I think that they're getting a little too much off-season love. And they're the they're kind of the fun trendy pick for a lot of pundits out there who don't want to just pick Michigan or Ohio State because they did have a really good season last year, but they got pretty well spanked in the big house by us, and Ohio State pulled away from them. I think Drew Aller's good, but I will take the experience JJ McCarthy going up there over him, uh, over Drew Aller. I think their running backs are good, but they don't, they're not Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum good. It's going to be a close game. I think this will be our closest game we play all season, but I have the Wolverines narrowly beating the Penn State Nittany Lions out in Happy Valley. Uh, Tim, what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, again, the fact that the game's at noon and it's not the whiteout is a huge um, plus for us, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to be close, but at the end of the day, James Franklin is still the most overrated coach, not only in the Big Ten, but in college football. He's a great recruiter. He is, you know, he is a great people person, but at the end of the day, you still have to teach X's and O's on game day. Uh, and even two years ago, I mean, the fake field goal, he he made so many boneheaded uh, coaching mistakes. Um, so I do, I agree with you, Mike. I think it's going to be super close. They're, they're a hell of a team. I mean, they're going to be, you know, they could be a one loss, two loss team. They're, they'll be, they'll go to a, a big, you know, uh, a big bowl game. But I, I think because of, um, you know, like you said, with JJ and his experience over Drew uh, Aller, uh, I think we win a very close game in Happy Valley. Chad. Um, I think, go back to what I said about the trenches earlier. James Franklin's offensive lines have been atrocious um, in the grand scheme of things since he's been there. I don't – if they had a quarterback that could pick him up and put him down, I worry a little bit um, in Happy Valley. Clifford could run some. We He had to worry about it. Aller cannot run at all. Um, their offensive line struggled. Again, I mean, if you look at the stats last year in that game, we dominated their run game. Except, you know, Clifford ripped off that huge run where, hey, it was a, you know, it was a read, and we made a mistake and ended up leading to a touchdown. Um, he's not going to be able to do that. If he's standing back there and we're healthy, we're going to get pressure on him, and I think it's going to be trouble for them. I just don't think that it – you know, for all the people to say, oh, Penn State's so good, they've got a great defense. That defense is going to be good. they got really talented running backs. I just don't think that they've got enough on that offensive line, if we're healthy, to – move the football consistently on us. And if he's going to drop back there and throw, he's going to have people in his face all day long. And so, yeah, I think we win that game on the road. And with it not being at night is a huge deal because the whiteouts, to me, that's worth, hell, that's worth 10 points. I mean, they've beaten teams that are night and day better than them. Ohio State, you know, the game that made Franklin what, oh, he's awesome. They People tend to forget Ohio State moved the ball up and down the field. Barrett just made horrible mistakes, and they blocked a field yeah, goal, blocked a field goal. for a touchdown. Right. With and like with under three touchdown. minutes left. Under yeah. three minutes left. They had like 202 yards of offense in that game. It was awful. Um, but their defense made Barrett make mistakes. And then the special teams, to Tim's point, special teams is important. They made a mistake, and Penn State won the game. I, If Penn State's going to win, they're going to need something like that, in my opinion, especially that time of day. I just don't think that they can just line it up and say, hey, we're going to throw the ball on these downs because Aller can't run, and then we're going to run it 
at, yeah, on these downs because I don't think their offensive line is good enough to blow us off the ball. So I've got us winning that game, and I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to come down to last minute. I think it's a eight to ten point win, and you know, but it's one of those things that we never feel. It's going to feel almost like the Ohio State game in '97. You know, it was twenty to fourteen, but let's be honest, it didn't really. We dominated them defensively. You know, they had a big play, and that's what it is. Maybe Penn State hits a big play. I just don't think they're going to be able to slow us down enough that their big play is going to get them the win. Well analyzed, Chad. I, yeah, I agree with everything you said. That their O line is getting a lot of height. They have a really good left tackle, right? Uh, Oshanu, but the rest of that line does not scare me. So I, no. I think I think Michigan will be able to control the trenches. I think their D line is worse than last year after losing PJ Mustafer. So yes. yeah, I, I think it's a win. Uh, all right, m- moving on. 11th game, we go on the road again to College Park to play Maryland. you got a senior quarterback in Talia Tagovailoa back. He's an excellent player. They've got a really good young running back in Roman Hemby. They're going to have good receivers. What, again, they're not going to have is a super strong defense, likely. And I'll tell you what does make me feel good about playing the University of Maryland, and that is who their co-offensive coordinator is, Josh Gaddis. So I am feeling – I feel like Michigan will do what we did a couple years ago out there. Talia will throw some – he'll get he'll get some stats, but we're going to run away from them. I'm, I'm thinking a comfortable win in College Park. We are not going to be overlooking them the week before Ohio State. So i got a Michigan win here. Chad, what do you think? I think this is a game that scares me more than most of the other ones um, just because Kukabaiola, he has talent. If he's healthy, um, this is a game that I could see going into the fourth. I do I do think that we're going to be able to move the ball well enough that we're going to put up, you know, 30 points. Um, it could get more than that. I hope you're right. Um, but it's just a game sandwiched between Penn State and Ohio State, you know, very similar to Illinois last year. Um, I've got us – winning this game close late it, but it's going to be close and we're going to we're going to feel relieved it's going to be like when Aloy ran through the door because she heard the uh the field goal from Moody go through and I'll never forget <laughs> Tim I never forget I never forget uh Mike being like if she would have come through and we would have missed that I would have that would have been really tough <laughs> <laughs> our lovely friend Aloy she, she's, amazing she's out there smoking cigarettes with Aloy because you're going to listen to this you should not be smoking cigarettes unless you're doing it with Jim Leland out. Uh, unless you're doing it with Jimmy Smokes alright so, right. so Chad's breaking a narrow win Tim what do you think what do you think about Maryland yeah I mean I agree with Chad I think I think this could very much be like an Illinois game from, from last year only because you got sandwiched between Penn State and Ohio State I think this is the game where James Turner needs to hit a field goal at some point during the late third quarter somewhere in the fourth quarter to either you know put the icing on it or give us a more than a field goal lead I do uh, think that it's going to be closer uh, than what the pundits think and I'm with Chad I think I think we eke out a close one with Maryland, but a win. Another win. So 
I will have been, I'll, I'll be at the game. So listeners, if you've been paying attention, I am going to be at every Michigan regular season game in person this year. I've never done it. I'm very excited. So I'll be at the game. Are you I, driving or flying out there? I'm flying for that one. So right. yeah, yeah, I'll be flying to that one. I'm very much excited. Trying to trying to get more folks to go. Maybe some of the guys in this podcast as well. We'll see. Leaving College Park, hopefully with that W. The three of us had the Wolverines at 11 and 0 into the game. Michigan, Ohio State in the big house, as mentioned earlier. Ohio State's interesting in that they have a new quarterback this season. We're recording this in late-ish August, and Ryan Day is still not named his starter uh, between Kyle McCord and, and Devin Brown. So we don't know even if the person who gets named week one will be the quarterback in, in week 12 or week 13, excuse me. So we we don't know who their quarterback is. They are unbelievably talented because they recruit at a level that is in the top three or four programs in the country. They've got good running backs. They've got really good wide receivers. They have talent on defense, although I don't think anyone in the Michigan locker room is scared of that defense anymore. No. The big house for that game, if we come in at 11-0 like the three of us are predicting, it will be um, it will be a very different vibe than 2021 two years ago when we came in with huge stakes. I remember watching that game, and I was excited, but I was also a little bit nervous. There's going to be no doubt. There will be confidence, but not cockiness. Confidence, but not cockiness from the Michigan Wolverine team and fandom going into the big house the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I think that Blake Corum will finally be able to go into that game healthy this year and make a big impact on it. He played a little bit in 2021, but still wasn't fully healthy. If you guys remember, he was still nursing an ankle injury. Last year, knee was torn up. He tried to give it a go and couldn't. I think Blake is going to have a big game. He's going to cement his already cemented legacy here at the University of Michigan. And I think we're going to control him in the trenches yet again. I got a Michigan win over the Buckeyes. Chad, what do you think? You go back, and I'm one of those who's like, oh, man, I predicted us to lose the last two years against them just because I really thought that it was going to be tough for us. But there there comes a time where you look at it and you say, "On pay, if everything is equal, we are better than them this year um, on paper. I truly believe that, and I, I don't think that they can I don't think that they can beat us in Ann Arbor if we come in 11 and 0 we leave 12 and 0 because that team is going to be so fired up that they're going to run through anybody to win that game I just um, I told my buddy Brett yesterday I said remember I told you this series would flip when we least expected it and I think anybody could say that 2021 nobody expected what happened you said it on this podcast two years ago yeah yeah you did you did it on this podcast two years ago it's public record yes i do believe that that was a huge turning point and i think that we are ready you know i don't think that they're unbeatable anymore i don't believe that in the trenches they're great um we just Every, I want them to be healthy. I want us to be healthy. And if we're both healthy, you know what? Line it up. Let's go. I think we walk out of there with a victory. I love it, Tim. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we're in their head. Um, they're obviously 
got this game circled just like they do every year. But I just think the mental aspect uh, of what we did two years ago and then to go in there and do what we did in the second half against them in Columbus, I mean, that leaves a mental scar for for those players that are now juniors or sophomores or you know even seniors who obviously if you're a senior we didn't play covid they you know is there anybody on that team besides a, a fourth or fifth year senior that have beaten us so the majority of that team does not know what it's like to beat michigan uh just like the good old days when we were all there and you know i i just think the mental aspect um, just like the sign says in the weight room, you know, what are we doing to beat Ohio State today? Um, once we clearly made that, um, you know, a huge as far as like mental factor for the season and understanding that Ohio State is the game, um, it, it became, you know, uh, very successful for us. So I think it's to be close. Um, but I think that I just, I just think the mental aspect of it is a huge, huge factor in this rivalry, just like it was for the many years that Ohio state, you know, had, had our number, but, uh, this year, I think we got them again. Love it. All right. So what you're hearing listeners is you're hearing unanimity. You're hearing cohesion out of the podcast. You have all three of us predicting a 12 and 0 regular season for the Michigan Wolverines which would put us in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship yet again. If we go, I will be there. I hope to see both of you with me. I'm sure I'll carpool with, with one or both of you down there. Who would Michigan be playing in the Big Ten Championship game? Who are you predicting in the Big Ten Championship game? I will go first. I'm going to have uh, Wisconsin. I'm, you're one of the Luke Fickle era. I, you know, They're going to be a completely, again, different style. Tanner Mordecai, quarterback, really good running back. And Allen, I think they're the strongest team in the West. So I have Michigan beating the Badgers in the Big Ten Championship game. Chad, how about you? Uh, Wisconsin, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, that that side of the division isn't great. I think (laughs) Wisconsin wins. Tim? I have Iowa. I think we're going to see a a nice little reunion between Cade McNamara and Eric All uh, in Indianapolis. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be something that the, the, the narratives write themselves? All right. And we, we like to finish up with our college football playoff predictions. Last year, the four-team playoff. I will go first here. I'm going to have Michigan, of course, as Big Ten champs. I'm going to have Georgia. Hard to pick against them at this point. And I'm going to go USC with Caleb Williams coming back. I'm going to go Texas. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm sure I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to have Texas going to the playoffs. So those are my, my four playoff picks this season. I don't think Ohio State will go again. I think they're going to lose – at least one more game besides Michigan, either at ND or at Wisconsin. So I, I don't think they're going to make the playoff. Uh, Chad, who are your four playoff picks? I am going to go with us, obviously. I think that we can do it. I'm going to go with USC. I'm going to go. I do not think Georgia will be there. I think Ooh. they will lose to Tennessee. Ooh. I think they will lose in the SEC championship. I do not believe Alabama makes the SEC championship. I believe LSU slides in there. Wow. And then I, I believe that Penn State slides in with only one loss. It's it's an intriguing pick. It could easily happen. It's it is a yeah, I could see that. I yeah. just don't think I think Alabama and Georgia are gonna have some 
trip ups. And I think LSU is going to beat Bama. That's going to decide that half of that. LSU rolls into the the playoff. And hopefully we get to match up with Brian Kelly and pummel him like we did the last time we played him. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. So, and Tim, who are your playoff picks? I've got us. Uh, so I got Michigan, Georgia, USC, and the Buckeyes. They, All right. they, All right. they sneak back in again. The only difference this year is that USC actually wins the Pac-10 championship and uh, and gets in and takes Bama out. I would say Bama or like Florida State. That's okay. whose spot they're going to take. Chad, who's your national champion? You know what? I never do this, but I'm just going to say us. You want to know why? Because <laughs> I've never said that we're going to do it, um, except for 97, I thought we could. I thought we could go undefeated, and we did. I do believe we can win this. And, you know, I just think if we stay healthy like we did in 97, we will be able to finish this because I believe this team is loaded. And, you know, and I think it's time for us to step up and take care of business. Well, Chad, I know where you're sitting right now in the in the podcast studios. You're looking at believe, that belie- believe, believe side. Absolutely. Yeah. Ted Lasso, and you you are believing, my friend. Ch- 100%. Uh, yes. Tim, who's the natty? Who wins the natty? You know, I'd love to pick us, but I, I just think until it happens, Georgia, you know, and I, I, I gotta I gotta pick Georgia Fair. even with a new quarterback. Um, you know, I I would love to pick us, but you know, we've got to take that next step just like Two years ago, we had to beat Ohio State. Last year, we had to win that playoff game, um, just like this year. So uh, put me down for Georgia as national champs. Fair enough, Tim. Well-reasoned. Um, I am going to, and this is going to surprise both of you and all of the listeners, I'm going with the University of Michigan, folks. So I've got us going all the way to the natty at Chad and I. And if it <laughs> happens, I know Tim will never be happier to be wrong in his life if it does and, and we will never let him forget. Absolutely. It'll be um, amazing. Wow, guys, we have this has been unbelievable. I I think this is our longest of our three. And it has been maybe my favorite, or I will say my favorite of the three. It's been so much fun chopping it up with the two of you. Uh we're gonna see each other soon. Tim, thanks as always for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Mike, it's uh you know, now it's like, just like with college football, this is a tradition. You know, when we're recording this, college football is right around the corner. I uh, can't wait. It's going to be another special season in Ann Arbor, uh, counting down the days. And uh, let's enjoy it. We only get 12 to 13 of these, 14 of these. Uh, let's a year, say 15. So. Let's say 15. Hopefully, hopefully 15. Hopefully 15 this year. Chad? Thanks a lot, buddy. I, you know, Thanks, buddy. This is this has been a blast, and uh, we're going to be thinking about you, uh, thinking about you and your family, and we're going to be spending a lot of making some great new memories together this fall. And I, I'm sure, um, I probably will get my dad up here um, this year. If, on, He's the guest of honor at any guess, tailgate so. he can come to. He is the guest yep. of honor. So yeah. I, I greatly appreciate, appreciate it, guys. Go blue. Love you guys. And let's let's go out there and let's let's win this one. Go blue forever and always. Go blue. All right, brothers. See ya.
sleep. 